BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. kept thinking about the most when I was listening to this episode is that song don't it always seem to go but you don't know what you got till it's gone paradise, paradise put up, put a, up parking a parking lot I, I only know, I know the Amy Grant version I think there are other versions out there no it's um Oh, Joni Mitchell? Oh, yeah, it's probably original. Yeah, Joni Mitchell. Wait. No, it's Paved Paradise. Oh, they paradise. Paved Paradise. Paved Paradise. They put up a parking lot. I thought Pink Paradise was like a place. Like they like they got rid of the Pink Paradise and put up the parking lot. Like the Madonna Inn or something? Oh, my God. I can't believe this is caught oh on a recording. <laughs> when did the song... Okay, when when was the first time you heard the song who was singing it? I think Counting Crows. I didn't even know they sang it. They paved paradise. They put that up a parking so, lot. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, my bad. So when you were singing it, Pink Paradise, I was like. I thought Pink Paradise was like, you know, a, I know what you're a sock hop or something. Strange. You know, there's a, there's a Celine Dion song where. Everything I am because you love me. Yeah, because you, because you love me. Yeah. But what's the chorus go? I was weak, and I st- we stood tall. Whatever. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm everything I am because you love me. Anyways. That line where she says, I stood tall. Yeah. I used to just sing, Astatoire. Because <laughs> I couldn't decipher. Astatoire. Yeah. And my friend Amy Shoemaker caught me, Grecky and Salad. Yeah. She's like, What are you saying? She's like, I don't know what she's saying. So I just say, Astatoire. She's like, She says, I stood tall. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like mind words. blown. Oh, so it's not Astatoire. That's weird. So maybe we'll rewind and like, why did this 
episode remind you of Pink Paradise? It's the whole idea of you don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh. I feel like that's what her parents were going through. And I think that's what kind of generated yeah. the change in them. Uh, you know, it's a special gift that you get when you almost die, don't actually die. There's a lot of regret when you lose someone and you actually lose them. You know, you, you wonder how could we have resolved things between us or I wish I could have said more or done more etc but when you almost lose someone it really solidifies their value to you inherent and and to you and I think that was the lament of her parents you don't know what you got till it's gone and then you get that second chance especially having had lost it sounds like a few children um oh yeah yeah the one to leukemia stillborn yeah and there might have been more because she says she was pregnant 10 times. But I, I think Anne said that she had six siblings. So I feel like we're missing one. Did she say her name? Yeah. She's going to, she's recognized as Anne. It's not anonymous. Oh. You don't know, but I do. Uh, okay. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg, and I'm here with Therese Garcia. Hello, hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 297, What If You Were a Human Jumper Cable? Anne, our storyteller, grows up with a hard, abusive father and a bullying mother, but she finds happiness and acceptance in high school through cheerleading, friendships, and academic achievement. Then when she's 17, She's horrifically electrocuted, causing her to nearly die, causing the amputation of her leg in a lengthy hospital stay. While in the hospital, she's able to find her voice and her value and begin to feel compassion and understanding for her distraught parents at her bedside. It's these 56 days that shape her version of herself and how she sees everything. She finds purpose in her suffering and knows she can survive anything. And full disclosure, I'm the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview. And T knows nothing about anything. She comes in fresh. And this show, Trauma Slash Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. That's Trauma Bonded. What stuck out to you as the heart of Anne's story? I think I'd be able to distill it into one word. Okay, go. (laughs) Power. All right, girl. Okay. Bring it. So, you know, (laughs) I was thinking about this a lot. I got the power. This feels a little bit like an origin story for her. Mm. You know, she goes from before the accident basically having no power, powerless, silenced, right? Um, And then electricity surges through her body. Oh, shit. Sort of like you might see like in a a superhero story. Yeah, like that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Because, yeah, like all all of a sudden she's able to use her past to really be, I think it's more of a superpower now. I mean, she's able to be expressive vulnerable i mean her literal i i don't really know what she looks like and what she looked like when she like after the incident but there are pictures of her oh. on uh 
actually happening Instagram page. You'll see her before uh, the accident and after. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Her literal insides are showing on the outside Mm. is something I was thinking about as well. And that happens, I think, emotionally, that she's able to express herself and it becomes, I'd say, a superpower for her and that she brings out in others through what had happened. Ooh. Yeah. You think it's that superpower that transforms her parents or more so her father? Mm, Yeah. I mean, a little bit. It's interesting when she talks about how other people see her and that she feels like it reveals their true selves. Yes. Um, thing, I mean, there were a lot of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's varsity level right there, right? Like mm-hmm. to not feel that and let that affect you in a negative way and to see it almost as a reflection of the other people's like innermost thoughts and fears, you know? Right. Like, I'm going to turn your judgment back around on you. Mm-hmm. Like, like the way that you're judging and perceiving me, rather than take that and internalize it and like decrease the value I see in myself. Exactly. I now see the nipple on your soul. Sorry, that's oh. a Seinfeld refer- reference. Okay, I was like, <laughs> nipple on your soul. Um, yeah, I love that too. She's so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, she's such a badass. She's really cool. She talks really slow. Like I sped it, like I listened to the first time, just like normal speed. And then I sped it up mm-hmm. two times for like residual listen. And it was still like, it was still like normal. <laughs> yeah. Normal speed. But that's clear. I don't know. It made it more clear. And I was able to like, she's so calm. She's just calm and just so herself. I appreciated that. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? What did you think the heart? of the story was oh thanks for asking um i've got two and i could have deleted the first one but i just figured i'd go with it the first one's kind of a basic bitch one survival obvious right Mm -hmm. she survives her father's abuse and her mother's chastisement slash bullying her burning rage inside that her father taught her to bottle which he did as well her adolescence, uh, electrocution, third-degree burn, amputation, bondage, bondage, bandage changes. Oh, my God. She's a burn survivor. You know, she really talks a lot about if you have purpose to suffering, you can survive anything. Yeah. So definitely like a story of survival. But I think the second one is more what I think the heart of the story is. And I say it's a story of shaping, and it's not reshaping or transformation Mm. but shaping because she talks about this how she she was kind of like empty she didn't really have solid opinions about anything really you know she was young um she's so shaping this like vulnerable teenage woman who is standing at the precipice of life and of death into the woman and person she will ultimately become Mm. and i think of that ambulance ride and her hearing that first utterance of a mind-blowing statement you're so brave you're so brave and i imagine it's like in a movie where she like kind of looks around is all like who me i'm the brave one like oh, the stop. person behind me oh stop you know yeah and it begins the shaping because it's like if i am so brave and no one's ever said it before and i've never thought it before and i didn't know i was it if i'm so brave then what else am i mm. mic drop 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's so much more you don't even know about yourself yet. Yeah. That you could be. Yeah. And then it's like every experience that she has, it's like she's just taking in information and it's like shaping how she sees the world and what she thinks of it and what she thinks of her parents and how she's going to be and how she's going to live. It's like the most precious time that she could ever have had in her life. Like, I mean, I'm sure she would say, and she said something akin to it, like this experience, her soul was meant to have this experience for all of these reasons, not just for herself. She thinks that she was there to reshape her father, but to make her into this woman that she is, it's real. She considers it a gift. And I think it really is. I mean, she really takes a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I think about a lot when I listen to this story is just um, how lucky we are to have been born a little bit later in this whole spectrum of human existence. Mm-hmm. I think we were like one generation from being like totally fucked. Um, not that Anne's fucked, but her a lot of her generation is, especially the generation before her. Like we're so lucky to have been born later and and into a more progressive time and a time that we during our lifetimes have seen so much progress. Because her story, it really isn't that long ago in the whole scheme of things, but it really is a long time ago when you think about the progress. And, you know, she talks a lot about these old school ideas of hiding trauma, hiding grief, uh, seeing feelings as weak and you know, seeing a shrink is taboo and you can't express emotion. Yeah. And, and as a family unit, it's, there's all this hiddenness you have to present as a healthy and happy person and family at all times. And that's just like within the family unit, within the nuclear family, you know, but even progress thinking about bigger ideas and bigger terms, like, you know, this, let's say this was, she got her settlement in 1977. So this is 40, almost 50 years ago, you know, thinking about gender norms and misogyny and racism, ableism and homophobia and transphobia and fatphobia, like all the stuff, which we still have. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's it's been solved, but it's a positive to see how much progress has been made. There has been a lot of progress made. And I feel like in a short amount of time compared to the whole of history. And I just want to say, I just want to encourage people when you feel low, and you're just constantly consuming the news and media and just seeing how everything's so shitty. Like, think about that and keep going and keep showing up and keep expressing yourself and can keep demanding better of yourself and those around you. I think it's a it's a good thing. Of course, I, I could talk about all the shitty ways that <laughs> I'm not going to go negative. I'm not going to talk about economics and late stage capitalism and disappearing middle oh. class. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, good. I mean, I'm going to digress on it, but I think socially, I think we tend to hear the stories, the salacious stories that make us think we're, we're worse or we're regressing. But I think overall, the overall wave is, is trending toward good. Do you agree? Oh, I would say so for sure. I think just from personal, you know, knowing how my mom, my mom was born in 1940 and she definitely, it was all about the gender norms, all the phobias, all the judging, all the judging from the outside and what we should look like and be like and act like, Yeah, you know, not to blame her. That's how she was brought up. But 
no one wanted to be seen as different. It, it, it's it's like this shameful badge to stand out. Everyone wants to be perceived as normal. And I think a lot of that is where that comes from, that societal pressure to just blend in, be normal, don't rock the boat, don't draw any attention. It's all, you know, based in fear. But really nowadays, I feel like it's encouraged to be different. Like gender, not even gender norms, but like gender identity. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to see that even my kids and just they 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 just change they switch out pronouns here and there. Like it it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and there's people kids at school that don't necessarily abide by those gender identities. Or maybe they switch back and forth. And like Arlo's just like, oh, yeah. And it isn't even like I approve or I'm tolerating this. It's just like, oh, yeah, she was like this. And then the next day she's like, oh, and he was like that, you know. And it's amazing. And that it's just a totally normal thing. Yeah. And how like you might express yourself and how you want to be and how you want to dress um, when you're younger, you know, and not fear having to be ridiculed does does arlo know they does he understand they and, and are there any kids in his class that ask to be called they i'm just curious i haven't heard of it i've just noticed his language changes yeah and i'm wondering if they is just a stepping stone to just anything it could be they but it could just i don't know yeah i don't know what the next one is there's been generations of was it and, them and Z. But I wonder what what the next one will be. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping for a good one. I'm happy. Just grammatically, uh they they is I'm not when I hear they sometimes I get confused because I think I think of it as a plural. So I would like it if there was something that was more grammatically correct that we could use. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, T. You know, when you're talking about, let's just say. I, I'll call anyone, I'll refer to anyone, whatever they want to, however, I do not care at all. But when you start to get into grammar rules, I'm going to start to get my back up a little bit about it, okay? I'm not alone. I'm just saying when you don't know, let's say you don't know the gender of somebody you're talking about, somebody's referring to. You're like, oh, yeah, I think they lost their no, backpack. You're right. I think they left their backpack there. Yeah, you're right. You know? It's like, wait, how many people in this <laughs> backpack? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Um, building on that progress, I think in some way, and again, I'm not trying to like negate everything I just said, but I, I do think, I think social media is something that both adds to the progress because we can see anything happening anywhere in the world at any time. Like that information is just like boom to you in a bolt of lightning. You don't have to wait for someone to report on it. You have to you don't have to wait to see the paper come out. Like you're seeing things happen in the world in an instant. It live feeds like as it's happening, you can see it on the other side of the world. And in those ways, social media is such a power for good and it really does spur social change and political change and economic change like it it has the so much power for good but i also see like the dark side of it it makes me think of like what ann is talking about so much is this experience she has in the hospital it gives her these new things that she didn't know were out there like attention and care mm-hmm. and validation adoration grace 
seeing people be grateful that you exist, that you're alive. And I feel like we try to find these things on social media and it's not the place that we want to seek out those things. Mm. Like it makes me think of Scamanda, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Scamanda mm-hmm. exists because she wants to the attention and the care and the validation and the grace and seeing people value you for you being alive. And, and it makes me think of trauma competitions. The only way I'm going to stick out, the only way I'm going to be seen as special and as important is if I relay my story and all the terrible things that ever happened to me. So someone sees me finally as valuable and it's a terrible place to seek that shit because most of it is either lies or half truths. And you're never, and, and a lot of people find exactly what they're looking for that way they become influencers <laughs> good more power to you but all they've done is find a way to cultivate their lives curate their lives for a hungry public you know we seek it out on social media where it often fails we just want so much to matter to others and it's hard because we have to find that within and you know I'm, i've been thinking about like how do you how do you make yourself feel like you matter And I think the only way that you can really do it is by making other people feel like they matter. And, and I think this is in like tiny ways. Like I want you, you know, T, I love you. I love your new haircut. I love your glasses that you're wearing cosmetic things, or I love you're so generous. Thank you for feeding me dinner. Thank you for, you know, like expressing to each other how we feel about each other. I think if, if you can, abandon yourself and your uh, and your need for all these things and be able to turn it around and and give it to other people i think inevitably it's going to come back to you because honestly that's how like a reciprocal friendship works you know um and i you know i don't i don't feel it i believe that if you give it you'll get it back call it karma whatever you want but people want to be around people that make them feel good, right? So if you don't feel good about yourself, let other people know how they make you feel. And inevitably, it's going to come back to you. Um, and that works both ways, yeah. I think. But you don't you don't try to get no. the... You're not... Don't go and look at your home and garden influencer and, and comment on what you thought about her revamp of the coffee table and just sit there like holding your fist like I hope she likes my comment and like hang your hat on your entire self-esteem on whether she likes your fucking comment like fuck that person turn to the person that's next to you in your home and let them know what you think of them and I think that it's going to start coming back to you that's my little rant about social media but I think thinking about progress you know it it went all kinds of ways and I think that's one place that um, as good as it is it can be really damaging as well. We need to know how to use it. I saw it my dad, you know, before he died. 70-year-old man. Oh, I posted something on Facebook and I've only got two likes. And he's just sitting there just so mm-hmm. fucking depressed. I'm like, Dad, you're so sad. This is so sad. Love yourself. It's like, how does that determine your worth? But people do. People want to be validated and heard and seen and get attention and care and all that shit. And that is how we do it. That is what we've decided is the way that we 
set ourselves apart and differentiate ourselves. We brand ourselves on our social media pages. And if we're not getting responses to it, then we think that we've somehow failed at being an important person. It's just total bullshit. Get off social media, you guys. I, just do it. I do it for the most part. It's brilliant. Well, oh, I was just going to say, I love all your charcuterie boards. That's the only thing I do. I, I, on Instagram, I don't post any pictures of myself or people I know. I only, I determine a while ago that I'm only going to post things that I make. And I will tell you, when I don't get a lot of love for things, it makes me feel certain ways. And I hate that. I hate it. Well, I, I for one love them. I, I know. And people do, but I'm saying we shouldn't, it's, if, if that is making you feel bad about something that you've made, then don't do it. Just enjoy the thing that you've made. And and that's good enough. I made my kids. And you blast them out on social media and you get a lot of love back for it. But I don't uh, determine like my worth from it. And I don't, I don't blast it that much, but I did when we took like our photos when you were over, uh uh-oh. When when he took those photos, I I totally thought it'd be hilarious to show the blurry ones yeah. where it's just like chaos because there were ninety nine of those <laughs> and then one like one good one where everyone's clear and looking at the camera. Um, I feel slighted as the photog. Oh, all right, let's move on. <clears throat> I feel like you know. This experience that she has in the hospital, and it it starts in the ambulance, and it continues on in the hospital, it's the most shaping experience of her life, you know, and and ironically, she already loves the hospital, which is something you don't hear very often. Um, This attention she gets from ICU adults and by her parents, the care, the grace, the adoration, you know, the you're so braves. The safe space where no one can criticize you, right? Who's going to criticize a mm-hmm. burn survivor? There's healing. Everything's toward healing. You're allowed to express yourself. I mean, he, she howls at a nun in her face and the nurses just laugh at it. And who's going to tell her she can't? She's getting her fucking third degree burn bandages changed and apparently terribly painful and yeah and she's getting debris and yeah she she's allowed to howl in a nun's fucking face what oh yeah what this it's a very unique little experience or substantial experience that she has you know she gets an outlet an outlet for outrage she's given permission to do whatever she needs to survive whatever she needs to heal and it's her deepest soul realizing how strong, how strong and a powerful person that she is. I mean, she makes clear decisions in this hospital stay. She she realizes she realizes that her how she's she she sees the flaws in her mother and and makes this decision to separate herself from her permanently. If not for this experience, I mean, separate herself from perception of herself. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, there's no bullies in a hospital. Yeah. This is like outside of the pain and suffering. Yeah. This is a perfect situation for a person that's at the stage of becoming a, a person. You know, you know, why, why do we abuse and misuse people when they're well, but then as soon as we see them as mortal, 
through accident or or dying or maybe even going through something severe like birthing a baby or something we want to protect them and and we might almost lose them why does it take that to be able to value people that's a really good question it's like we forget yeah you don't know what you got till it's gone pink paradise <laughs> see you know her mother with that you should yeah. be so beautiful what what bitch what no, she didn't. Like, like, what, bitch? what did you say to me no before this don't. happened you were telling me i ate too much i was a fatty fat mm-hmm. fat and now mm-hmm. and now your song is you used to be so beautiful i guess i'm like awful now like the worst thing in the world well that too but the point is that was never expressed to her before this happened oh not at all right so everything's like in comparison and <clears throat> like why can't we say that to each other and so and some people are really good at, at this you know these people you you go to, you work with them they see you and they're like oh my god you look so amazing i love your earrings and your sweatshirt and like ugh. you know th- you know these people they just they want you to feel validation it just like oozes out of them yeah. you're like well, okay yeah. calm down and you're like it makes you uncomfortable yeah. a little bit right because you don't know how to handle a compliment but like why can't we just say that to someone who isn't injured <laughs> but they're just imperfect okay so she see and what's amazing about that is that it through that statement she sees that all that shit around her weight is her mother's shit has nothing to do with her ultimately mm-hmm. and she's going to decide to value herself over how she looks and it really is this complete like this is her new mantra this is her new paradigm for herself this is the way she sees things mm-hmm. and she had like bits of it before right like when she turned into a preteen when her body started to develop and she saw the way that the world or men perceived of her and she felt like she was being objectified or she was starting to fall into that that system that we all are subjected to that your value is based on how you look and she was aware of it and she hated it but now she knows that she can reject it and it's amazing it, it, you're right that's what i'm saying superpower it's superpower you know another th- I almost had some word that I was going to use, but it was going to be something like mirror or reflection or something. But that is, I think, part of her superpower at this point. It's just like being able to show somebody, you know, make someone see their own ass, somebody else to themselves. Yeah. 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 I feel like that does have a name. Yeah. Or a word. Yeah, must there must be, but I couldn't. I don't yeah, have a lot of vocabulary words. Vocabulary is pretty small. Um, so, so her saint's name was Bernadette. What was your saint's name? Have we talked about this? Oh, you're like I, th- oh. I probably do have a saint. You were confirmed in the Catholic Church, right? Yeah, when I was confirmed, right? Yeah, so I'm going to heaven. But what's your saint's name? Um, I mean, I think it might have been Therese. Therese. Mother Therese. Saint Therese uh-huh. de Lisieux. The flower of Jesus. Uh, did you that pick that me. for yourself then? Dude, everything was picked for me. <laughs> you think I'm doing anything? Therese. <laughs> I was probably like, can we just like use my name? 
if anything was like that like i don't know like therese you need to choose your name you're like pick my name like why am i even pick it for me i think it's interesting though that when she was confirmed even before this accident happened she picked bernadette which is a long-suffering long-suffering redeems oh i know sinner a sinner foreshadowing total foreshadowing um let's talk about like how this experience changed her parents or specifically her father mm-hmm. you know you got this tough kind yeah. of jackass marine who heard her and took her voice told her not to express herself mm. she has this accident she sees her father afraid and what's her reaction she feels compassion for this fucker right yeah that was like the only time she got choked up and when she talks about jesus I mean, I cry. Who doesn't, though, you know? She sees... <laughs> for all my wasted years. For the lost money. <laughs> the lost tithe money. <laughs> the thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> That's yours. Funds. That's yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Who does that? Just till I was 29. She she sees him cry. She feels compassion. And and he's broken. He's finally like broken open for her. What what do you think is happening here? What causes this? I, it's they were so close to losing yet another child. And he probably is expressing his grief, and it's not necessarily just about her, but it is about other children that he's lost. Yeah. And may I mean maybe some guilt. I'm hoping you know I mistreated her. I abused her when she talks about the abuse like an early scar i was like oh no so he's instead of just like losing her completely to death he's now left with this is the broken body of a person that's been in an accident that you used to also cause harm to it's staring him Mm -hmm. right in the face yeah i'm sure he's confronted with a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. for how he's treated her for so long that's good i hadn't really thought about that you know it's like I, I guess I thought of it more like it's near loss. It's a near loss. It is now this chance to do it over mm-hmm. and finally see the pers- the value in the person that you've controlled and dismissed and quieted and abused. Even like from her mom's perspective, I guess she's now seen as a person, not as a woman, not as a... right whatever it is their expectations were they're all fucked up i do think it's ironical though you know like okay so anna's like it means a lot to her that both her parents come and see her every day for the 56 days that she's in 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 the hospital but i think it's ironical that society even at that time would dictate that they should be going there to see her every day so it's like Mm -hmm. as much as it's changing for everyone they're still abiding by some societal expectation or edict i mean that's just like so her mom you know it's like i want to be seen as like the doting mom that goes to check on her even though i don't really feel like it kind of thing i got my kid i got all these kids i got my job i got my other kids and here i am late night it's hard like you're finally in a space where you are allowed to show express weakness you're you are allowed to be emotional like it is more expected of you than it's funny like when i think about it it's almost it's more acceptable to be with to be emotional with someone that's near that's nearly lost their life than it is to be at the funeral of someone that has actually lost their life like people feel like they can express more in a hospital than they're allowed to mm-hmm. like at a funeral am i wrong there but doesn't it feel like that's true 
at least in America. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, other countries are more expressive at funerals generally, but it's like like you're buttoned up. Yeah, you're like a little bit strong face. Yeah. Chin up. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't break down in front of everybody else, even if you were one of the closest people to, you know, the deceased. But at a hospital, for sure. Be emotive about this person that survived something. Like that's a, it's a, you're allowed to emote over that. Or they could die. Or they right. could die on their yeah. on their way yes. to death. You're allowed to show those scary and sad emotions, and you're breaking down. Button right up, yeah. And then after it's done, and the other thing, like hospital, yeah. you're only there with the closest people, and then at a funeral, there could be so many strangers, right. even. Wow, that's so. Or maybe true. you don't even feel comfortable so to be. You're gonna more likely be emotional or expressive. In a situation where, yeah, maybe it's just you next to her at the bedside, um, or yeah, it's just family. But yeah, you're right. As soon as you get in public, like a, a funeral, it's yeah, button it up, strong. There's a yeah, you're right. There's a ritual, right? I mean, there's steps to it, but in the hospital, it's kind of loosey goosey, unknown. Yeah, it's a bit loosey goosey. Well, I you know, I also was thinking about the dad telling her, you know, bottle it up stuff it you know all that and then he was so upset you know out in the waiting room letting her friend know hey it's okay to cry right he's just like a guy let's just do it you know yeah totally bizarre i really love that like i yeah i'm pretty in touch with my emotions i don't know like i don't either way i probably won't be telling people to stuff it or it's okay to cry but amazing it's, I think it's because he recognized that it felt good. It felt right. It felt good. And mm-hmm. in trying to feel better himself, he wanted to share that gift with someone else. And that's huge, huge progress. Huge. But I, I will, uh, in the end, you know, she was saying that she was able to kind of forgive them or have that time to like, for them to... I don't know, like they were human and they could be emotional with her. Oh my God, I was just going to talk about this. But her siblings never had that same chance, which made me feel... Yeah, gone. Which made me feel like, so are they going to the hospital being sad about her and then going home and yeah. being assholes and beating the shit out of their other kids? No, that yeah, that felt weird to me too. Because I thought either, okay, one... Right? Um, like, was there resentment from the siblings to like, kind of see this sort of specialized Mm -hmm. behavior from their cruel father to now this injured daughter. Um, But I guess otherwise it's like, if they still feel this, even like during his death or past his death, then did he not fully change? Did he not give the same change in behavior to her siblings? Like, like did like he, he let it all yeah, out? Yeah, did he actually transform, or was it just something that she got to experience? Right. Like all of a sudden, she's just the favorite now that she's gone through this, and you know he almost lost her. Yeah. And then yeah, he goes home and it's like these brats. They don't even know. They don't even know. Yeah, your sister's so brave. And look at you guys, hey baddies. I mean, people, <laughs> it's like there what? are people that are really. I mean, I don't know. Metalizing stuff like that. You know, they're not necessarily transformed. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, also, we have to consider that Anne 
feels like a super kind of evolved type of person. So maybe the behavior was changed for the siblings, but they just didn't have this sort of unique experience where it could really become clear to them in their mind's eye. You know, they just wanted to be reminded of and kind of set out on all the the prior shit he'd done to them. I don't know. We don't know. It's only speculation. Right. Let's talk about how she looks. She talks a lot about this, uh, her appearance. Oh, yeah. In in a lot, in all kinds of ways. Like, it was almost yeah. hard, hard to keep track of how many ways oh. that she talks about this. Yeah. Um, valuing what's inside versus what's outside. You know, I, I, I love how she sees her body, like the way she talks about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we touched on this a I bit, you know, too. how she hates it when she hits puberty and she is realizing that she's seen as valuable because of how she looks. I loved how she would overeat to spite her mother. It was like this little petty revenge mm-hmm. or quiet rebellion that she got to stage. Um, yeah. But then I loved it when she talked about being a cheerleader and being a sturdy yes, bottom. That was my favorite too. <laughs> mm-hmm. A sturdy bottom. bottom of the, I don't think she, yeah, bottom of I mean, she used those, both bottom. of those words. But a sturdy bottom, that sounds a little... She's 5'8 and 150 pounds. That sounds pretty fucking small to me. But I, I mean, know. I guess compared I to like a five, I mean, a five foot, 100 pound okay. cheerleader in high school. Yeah, she's going to be the sturdy one. She called herself big at one point. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I don't think yeah. so, honey. But okay. But what I loved is that she even said she was the happiest she's ever been. She felt happy. She felt accepted. She was thriving. And I feel like this is like goals mm-hmm. for our children, right? Not lovers. We shouldn't yes. we shouldn't want our kids to want lovers. We should want them to want friends, right? And good Yes. Though she did say she didn't have a boyfriend. Good, she was but that's great because she was like, happy. Come on. She, but that's great too. But don't say you're unattractive. You are attractive. I think she's talking conventionally. Because you're strong. But but because she, you're sturdy. Okay. But she wants she found acceptance and validation through good friends and she found it through good getting good grades. And and she found pride yes. in being a sturdy bottom on the bottom of that pyramid. She didn't say sturdy bottom, Ellie. She's happy she and accepted. She didn't say sturdy bottom. That's all I'm saying. That sounds. Am I weird? Am I gross? She's sturdy. Just... And she's the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> you say she's a sturdy bottom. It's like let's talk about what we are. I'm uh, lesbian, um, sturdy bottom, leather. Uh, you know. <laughs> it's and not, then not after the accident, um, she. It's like this line of thinking that she was already having. Again, it's not solidified because she's still like growing and figuring it out. But after the accident, now her values are like completely solidified. She sees her body in this totally different way and she refuses to be judged for hers. And she and we talked about this. She turns it around and judges others for the way that they look at her. She's a fucking badass, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking badass. She is badass. That's, That's how, how we, we should want should be, our children to be. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like this isn't talked about enough. Yes. We should be saying yes. to our kids, the last thing you want is a lover. I mean, we would never say lover because that's just like corny. <laughs> the last thing you should want That's is a girlfriend so or a boyfriend. Go for friends. 
go for activities, go for grades, go for fun and happy. Yeah. Like there's plenty of time to like be in a relationship. So stupid. Like, oh man, you know, this is something I'm just in the time, in the moment when I was in high school and I didn't have all the, the boyfriends in the world, like it felt like, you know, everything was horrible, but looking back, like, I just know that that protected me from so much that I could just grow into who I was without having to worry about that shit. And I just want that for, I want that for your kids. I don't have kids, but I want that for your kids. Oh, for sure. I think about my kids too. And I think about, you know, when I yeah. was in high school and I didn't have a lover, and I was, I was um, deep in the closet. Walk-in closet. Um, and that's, yeah, because <laughs> I had to hang out in there for a long time. But uh, thank goodness, like. I agree. I don't know. It really helped me out that I got a lot. I had a lot of great friends. And this, I feel like this comes out in little, like, stupid ways. You know, I remember my mom went, my mom never said it to me. Maybe she knew I wasn't pulling anyone, but like she would say to my sister, Sarah, who's the hot one, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have someone going to prom with, you know, it was just always this thing that was talked about and I, I hated it and I would never fault my mom. Like my mom, yeah, she came from that generation that Anne came from, you know, it was just highly valued and yeah, I just want us to have kids that just wait on that shit i know it's hard not to, you know sometimes you just think that you fall in love yeah but just wait just wait on that shit i don't mean like love true love waits i mean like just be with hang out with your friends get good grades yeah be you find out what what's up with you you know i must have a lover before you're like i must have a lover <laughs> it's like no you don't and i I'm kind of grateful I didn't have any siblings. Yeah, it's a weird standard. Then they'd have something, yeah. someone to compare me to. Um, I think they knew, like, something was up with me. They weren't asking. Yeah, they didn't know what was normal. But um, one one thing I, today that was interesting, um, Evie came up to me, and she had her, like, tummy out, and she's like, my tummy's so big. And I was like, yeah, I love it, you know? And oh. she was like, it's too big. And I'm like, in my <laughs> right. head, I'm like, where are you hearing this? You. What's going on? Is society <laughs> how did coming you get through? That message? Like, how was it even? Like, what? I don't even know. <laughs> You're not even going to pre Like, how? <laughs> I'm looking around. Like, what are they talking about? Bluey. You know, because I know yeah. it just seeps in. It's going to seep in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that dog, dog is so is skinny hot, and hot, you know. Um <laughs> so gross. But I like was so aware and so like had to and also truth, you know. I was like Billy is the right size. Your body is perfect the way it is. Like it's supposed to be. It's exactly how it is, it's perfect. And like if it gets bigger or smaller, it's Totally like perfect. Like, 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 and she's like, body's okay. exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Your body is a wonderland. I don't know. But I that's strange. What was your reaction? <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely 
No, she, okay, I mean, she was like, okay. Then kiss it. She said, kiss it. I was like, okay. So I kissed it. And she's like, oh. And I was but like, yeah, okay. Where did she, where did she get <laughs> Done that with that. And she ran off. I mean, and forgot about everything. Uh-oh. I don't know. But it's out there. I don't know where. It's out there. It's kind of like when they say, like, you're born knowing the Beatles or something. So it's there. I guess that makes it's sense. It's in the world. It's in the air. So I feel like I just need to, and I want to treat her like I would treat yeah. the boys as well. Another conversation just today, looking for classes for Arlo. It's like, I want to take hip hop classes and art classes. Like, okay. Cause he doesn't want to do sports. I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. So I was showing him like these dance classes and I was like, what about ballet? And he's like, no, that's for girls. I was like, never <laughs> do that. <laughs> when? Read it out. <laughs> we need to, like, we're just getting ballet right Did now. You <laughs> I was yeah. like, football players. Football players yeah. play ballet. I mean, dance ballet. Yeah, d- it's good you for balance. Like, I was just and, like, and is he into rude. it or did you change his mind? Okay. Yeah, he's definitely not into it. But he wants no. to take hip hop classes. No, no, no. That's cool. I love it that he's not into sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and maybe ukulele. What is it about sports that he doesn't oh like? Oh my god, a mom at the school. I don't know. Well, when I was like, "Oh, do you want to take oh. class?" And he's like, "Is it a competition?" I was like, no, it's just like they'll you they'll tell you they'll show you how son. to paint. I love it. You I deserve know. that. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna teach you a few things. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I mean, you have. I mean, these Dude, two moments happened today. I mean, you are like day, getting into non-stop. the thick of parenting because your kids are like becoming fully sentient beings and you're gonna be mm-hmm. crossing these they have thoughts like, and stuff thresholds all the time and like steering at them in directions and you gotta watch out because even what if they do the opposite of what i say they don't want to do what i say because you're crazy mom you know like you know, whoever said, yeah, belly is for girls. I was like, there's literally a boy in this photo of a ballet class in a ballet class. Wow. Yeah. You're gonna, anyway, it's like another job, man. There's a lot. lot. I think though, your kids are going to be okay though, because you have such a peaceful, loving household and like you and Gwen have a good relationship and like, there's never extreme behaviors going on. So I think everyone feels safe to express themselves and ask questions and like there's just it's just calm there so i think you're gonna be okay i mean most of the time but yeah i'm, I'm hoping but you know it's it's you're a, battling so many it's a things. battle yeah i'm battling the world you're right it's in the it's air coming from i mean this isn't exactly so. akin to what you're saying but i remember um being in a grocery store or something like years ago and just sort of uh uh absentmindedly singing along to like an in-sync song and I remember I stopped myself and I was like how do I know the words to this song I've never sought out this band 
I don't listen to pop radio. I I haven't bought their <laughs> I haven't bought their ba, album. Ba, 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 I'm not watching them on TV, <laughs> but somehow this song was able to infiltrate my brain mm-hmm. and now I'm finding myself half acidly, absentmindedly singing along with it. You're right. Shit goes out into the atmosphere and Do you think she implied that she purposefully Oh shit. Or that things happen oh. for a reason. I, I, no. I, well, I think it's like sort of that, but also I think she might be implying it might be like a subconscious kind of thing. Like, because mm-hmm. she talks yeah, okay. about, she thinks it was her like soul's destiny to have this experience. So maybe it was like her deepest soul propelling her out of the car. You're right because she does she does spend some time with wondering one why didn't she just drive forward and two why would she step out of the car but it was her destiny it was her soul's destiny mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show or podcaster cup if you like us. Please rate and review us on Apple or other places or reach out on Instagram. Thanks to Anne for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and Andrew Waits and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Shimboli. And thanks to Forrest Chiras for editing this episode and to Katie Capel for building those blasted Instagram posts. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial or visit our website at traumabondedpod.com. As a reminder, our bonus comments episode was released last week. Go check it out. I've been told it's hilarious. There you are and- talking to yourself again. <laughs> and out now. Out now. <laughs> you are. Oh, no, me? you're hilarious. You think, you think it's hilarious? Oh, go on. Stop. And out now is our first storyteller follow-up from the anonymous mom of This Is Actually Happening, episode 128, What If Your Son Stabbed Your Daughter? It's a short but sweet follow-up on how they're all doing. Take a listen to that. And if you swore off us before, maybe you'll give us another try. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you, Allie. Love you, T. Trauma Bonded.